Well, what do we have now? A decoy? Something pretending to be something to fool you into thinking that it was something? Much like how fog pretends to be a cloud, but a cloud you can touch at street level. But where does this new revelation take Jimmy? Let's listen and find out. Chapter 4 Jimmy walked home through a foggy night. Even though he was in the suburbs, he felt like he was traversing the hills of San Francisco in a Dashiell Hammett story, and he had the distinct feeling that he wasn't alone. Jimmy's ears perked. He heard a funny noise off in the distance. Was somebody there? Or was a raccoon rummaging through somebody's trash? He wasn't sure, but Jimmy decided to investigate, in case he was being tailed. When he rounded the corner, he saw the girl with the blonde curls, Cindy, standing on the corner. The light of the street lamp played off the fog as it whisked past her hair. Cindy's knee was skinned and dripping a little blood. Not enough to be of concern, but enough to sting. What are you doing out here this time of night, said Jimmy. I was walking home and I ran into an old friend. You know some classy people if this is the work of an old friend. The girl blushed. Well, said Jimmy. Well, what? Cindy replied. Jimmy didn't let her harsh tone disrupt his cool demeanor. Let's get off this cold street and get you back home. I'll walk with you. I wouldn't be able to call myself a gentleman if I didn't. The girl turned and started walking. I'm just three blocks away, near Dolman Park. Jimmy upped his pace so he was next to her. Good thing I'm your companion. That park is a late night haunt of a couple overgrown goons I know. I know the type. I think I'm beginning to figure that out, said Jimmy. Jimmy and the little girl got to her front porch. She lived in a ranch-style house, a one-story flat with no interesting stories to tell. The walk was rather silent. Jimmy was more interested to see if he was getting stalked. He had the feeling that some nosy people would have liked to know they were together. When they got to the door, the little girl gave him a kiss on the cheek and thanked him. Jimmy finally piped up. What's so important about this globe? It's getting too many people in a tizzy. I just need some good research material for my essay. Last year I didn't do so well in the grade level standardized test, and my parents made me move schools. I just want good grades. I don't want to move again. I hate being the new girl. Well, I'll see what I can do. Jimmy turned and walked into the fog, away from the girl but not away from the two sets of eyes that lurked in the dark and traced his every move. Jimmy finally got to his front porch, frightened and a little nervous of crossing the threshold into his parents' home. He thought about everything that had happened to him that day. The detention, the girl with the job, the bus yard, the Bowery brothers, a delicious chicken pot pie, and of course, the mystery package with decoy written in Russian across the top. And... What about the last thing that little girl with the blonde curl said to him about the standardized test? Principal Jenner had been fretting over those scores too. Jimmy tried to piece everything together, but he was just too tired. He thought he'd better face his parents and maybe something would come to him in his dreams. 
Jimmy took a long breath and opened his front door. His parents were both sitting in the living room, with the lights turned dim, just waiting for him. Jimmy made a beeline for the stairs. Hold it right there, belted out his father. From the tone of his voice, Jimmy knew that he wasn't too happy. We have a few things to talk about, Buster, rattled off his mother. Jimmy's mom was usually quiet and stood behind his father when he was in trouble, but when she talked, he knew he was in real trouble. We got a nice little call from Principal Jenner today. Could you guess what he told us you were up to? I was just sticking up for some poor schmuck, said Jimmy, without even looking at his parents and his fedora covering his eyes. Some kid would have been really belted if I didn't jump in. That still doesn't give you any reason to fight, said his father. I thought we raised you better, said his mother in a shaky tone as tears welled up in her eyes. You always taught me to use my words, rattled Jimmy in a cool tone. I used a couple of sharp ones, but they didn't get past the thick noggins of those two knuckleheads beating on some kid that didn't have words or fists. That's it. We're tired of this thing you have going on here. No more detective stories, no more suits, no more fedora, no more solving mysteries. You're grounded, mister, yelled his father. Am I to go to school with my skivvies? Why can't you just wear jeans and a t-shirt and play soccer like every other kid? His mother was almost sobbing. I'll go to my cell and think about what I did. We'll just continue this in the morning. Jimmy walked upstairs to his room and slammed a door. That's right. Go to your room, mister. Maybe you can actually study for your grade level test. Ain't no justice in this world, he thought to himself as he opened his desk drawer and pulled out a bottle of apple juice. He poured a healthy slug and took it down in one gulp. Jimmy had been trying to stay off the brown stuff and stick with something easier, like white grape juice. But with a day like this, he needed it. Jimmy poured another glass. This one was for sipping. He laid down on his bed, still in his clothes, and started to doze off. He didn't even remember falling asleep. The next morning, he startled himself awake when his apple juice glass, which he had been holding as he fell asleep, spilled right on his lap. He jumped up and brushed off his pants and said a few words that aren't suitable for radio. He changed his pants and tie and went downstairs to face his parents over a square breakfast. I thought we said no suit, rattled off his mother. I don't have anything else in my closet but slacks and ties. His mother gave him a sharp look as she placed a heaping pile of cakes in front of him. Jimmy knew he was in deep, but he kept his tongue sharp regardless. At 3.30 sharp, I'm going to pick you up from school and we're going to the mall to get you normal clothes. A pair of pegged jeans and a white t-shirt? Might as well have a ducktail to complete the package. A ducktail? What in the world is that? Just the styling of the greaser gangs. Jimmy's father looked over the top of his newspaper and said, Well, I don't want you dressed like some sort of gang member. Jimmy pushed aside his hot cakes and settled in with a glass of orange juice and some toast, his usual breakfast. After finishing the light meal, he got up. Remember, 3.30 sharp. We're going to get you some new clothes at the mall. Don't worry. A date with a dame like you wouldn't miss it. Jimmy grabbed his hat and left for school, but he still couldn't piece everything together. He had more questions than answers. Maybe he'd find out some more clues when he was at school. Hopefully, he'd find them all before 3.30. A long walk home in the night, a chance meeting with Cindy, and a boy who got in trouble with his parents. Where does Jimmy go from here? Does he stick with solving the mystery, 
Or does he go straight back home after school to work off that restriction? You gotta stay tuned to find out. And stay safe, young detectives. <laughs>